Chill Seth here. Yeah. I'm taking a break. Uh, is Chill Adam here? Hello. Relaxing. Yo. Chill Connor? What? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Chill, chill Jacob? Hello. I'm, I'm on vacation. <laughs> 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 Whoa! Yeah, no, we're all chilling. We are all doing some R and R for the next little bit because we finished our season one. Whoa. Congratulations, us! We Whoa. did it. Alive we did it. too. And, yeah, all of you surprisingly Whoa. survived. Norman, it was touching. It go was there close, for man. Every spoiler. single combat. <laughs> spoiler. Um, yeah, spoilers. Sorry. Um, but yeah, we're just taking it easy, and we're doing a Q and A episode today. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) So delayed. Um, We're pumped, obviously. Yeah, no. uh, So this week, no episode. uh, But next week, we have a one-shot coming up with Connor DMing. We'll talk. uh, Actually, no, we're going to keep it under wraps. I've got some stuff together. Maybe we'll talk. Can we know the name of it? The listener will have to wait to see. Yeah, what's your one-shot called? Uh, I uh don't have a name for. Come it. up with something. Just come up with something. Like three, I'll come two, up one, with go. something by. Th- I'll come up with something by the end of the episode. So listen <sighs> to the end to hear it. Just the- toss oh. in like a Game of Thrones book title. It's like Song of Ice and Fire or something. Feast uh, of uh, Crowns. Uh, fe- oh dang it! I was gonna say Connor, Feast of Crows. I I don't I don't want you to feel pressured at all, especially at coming up with a name. <laughs> I think even if you said something at the end of the episode, it would come across as. Something that you just didn't truly really have your heart in. So take all the time you need. No. Oh, thank you, Jacob. I, uh, I surprisingly that. consider it. <laughs> Adam, those who wait in life are losers, which is why Connor told me in private what the name is. No! <laughs> no! Uh, it's a good one. Jacob has the secret. It's the best thing I've ever heard. And he's oh, going to say it at the end of the episode. It's going to be great. <laughs> State, <laughs> listen to the end if you want to know the name it's, of the one. It's shot just we're doing it's unreal, week. and it'll make you laugh, but also think just how intricate the name is. So it's oh uh, God. it's uh, listen to the end. If not, don't just skip right now. Honestly, go to the end. Yeah, that's Time the important stamp. part. Um, yeah. So get excited for that. Obviously, uh, Connor, start googling. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, we're doing a Q&A today uh, to answer all your questions about season one. Um, so you guys want to hop into it right Sick, now? Yeah. yeah. First question. Here we go. Uh, thank you, by the way, everyone who submitted questions. Uh, first up, we got one from at Bill Shreve on Twitter. Uh, he asked, and this one is for you three. Each of you picked a class that is not from the standard book. Adam, Normandy with Norman, you chose College of Whispers. Darian is a horizon walker and Zippy with the circle of dreams. Uh, why did you choose these subclasses and what was your inspiration uh, for role playing these classes? So basically, you know, talk about how you made your characters and why you chose the things you did. It came to me in a dream. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> a fever dream. I woke up in a cold sweat. My wife, she asked me, are you okay? I said, I'm from the Bramble Patch. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and my name's Zippy Westboro. <laughs> she rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. Instead, I couldn't sleep. I grabbed a pen. Tring. Paper. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I started sketching. I couldn't make any sense of it. <laughs> Is that the end? And so, and so, when Seth and I did our prologue, he said, and here you are. What's your name? I, I panicked. I, I had these scribbles in front of me. It still didn't make any sense. <laughs> I just, I made my voice a little higher. I thought, what's the most innocent thing I could do that couldn't upset any possible viewers? A rabbit. That'll do. <laughs> he was born. Zippy Westboro. I, I, I will say <laughs> that it is 100% true that the first time I ever heard the character voice for Zippy was during that prologue. <laughs> it, it took me, it took me like... Oh man, I was in shock. I, it was so funny. Uh, I get that's um, that's beautiful. Sometimes I still can't top that. I mean, that's just as beautiful as it gets. I still think I'm dreaming, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you went with Druid Circle Dreams. Okay, uh, to give a kind of real answer to the question, I guess. <laughs> Um, that was as real as it got, Connor. Uh, yeah, it, it's it was pretty heavy. I thought we were trying to like relax, you know, like why we, we got real deep, real quick. Um, for I'm, me, I'm it lost. was <laughs> for me, it was just I I had in all the a lot of the games that I've played uh, in kind of different variants of D and D, and, and I played some D twenty modern and other stuff like that. I I wanted to do something that I'd never really done before. And I'd never done any, like, planar stuff. Like, everything is usually stayed in the prime plane or it was on Earth. And and so I, re- I wanted to do something more kind of foreign for a kind of characters that I've played before. Um, and so I, I, I was like, oh, man, that'd be really exciting. And, and then the kind of the whole lore surrounding um, the Horizon Walkers and, and the jumping between planes and finding portals, which we haven't really gotten a chance to do yet but i'm, I'm hoping we get a, a little more of an opportunity in season two um just really grabbed my uh, attention there i've also never played a ranger before so that's why i kind of chose to do that was that was a that was a new thing for me as well and i was thinking about doing the classic animal companion but it's just what everybody does as a ranger and so i, re- I wanted to do something a little more uh, out of the box on that one and Aladrins had just dropped, and they also interested me, so I just, you know, went for the foreigner from a distant land, uh, so distant it's on another plane of existence. <laughs> nice. Uh, if it's my turn, are you done, Connor? Yeah. Okay, for me, it was really organic. Um, uh, the only thing I knew about my character was that I wanted him to have some kind of mysterious he wasn't sure who his dad was kind of hercules style um and then i met with seth and we kind of really workshopped it together 
because I actually wanted to be a warlock in the beginning. And Seth, you told me you were like, you know what? Once we talked a little bit about more who the character was and what his goals were, it was, you know what? I don't really think a warlock is what you would be. You would kind of be more like a bard who's kind of convincing people instead of using force. Um, But then I was like, but I still want to have that kind of ability to manipulate kind of behind the scenes and he said man there's this new college that just came up for the bard that would still be a tiefling like you want it to be college of whispers it was really a lot of his idea i just kind of had a lot of his motives and kind of a little bit of his story and then seth kind of helped build the character for me so Mm -hmm. i think it was very collaborative and uh, it was also i was basically just kind of throwing a ton of colleges that i thought you might be interested in because you'd never done a bard before yeah never so I just threw a bunch at you and College of Whispers I, I was I was leaning towards because I thought it would just be such a perfect fit for, you know, the, the demon king side of your character. And that's the thing. And, and all that. Like another thing that I don't know if this is going to like get in the way of another question, but a lot of um, Normandy's backstory is all conjecture to Norman. He doesn't really know. He has a bunch of theories about where he's from, and when me and Seth were talking about that, uh, we started like brainstorming, and then halfway through, we said, wait, 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 Seth should decide this and not tell me whether or not Normandy is right. Because he mm-hmm. was like, well, maybe his dad is the Demon King, but maybe he's just an orphan who thinks he's the son of the Demon King. And so Norman still doesn't actually know. I don't even actually know that. Only, I mean, I'm assuming you know, right, Seth? Uh, yeah, I'll figure that out. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, you're right. You're like, but Normandy believes it's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, your, your character's. I think it's so unique, especially, like, the monk aspect, which, you know, I think that's usually people will just stick with, like, the one uh, kind of trait, but the monk bit in there as well, I think, adds some yeah, cool special touch. flavor. Um, yeah, well, I think that answers that question. Uh, let's go on to another one. Uh, okay, this one is for the cast, so you guys. Um, what was the craziest thing that happened this season story-wise? Or just what was the craziest thing that happened to you or was the most surprising, I suppose? And this is from Bill Shreve again. The craziest thing that happened in this season. What surprised you the most? Um, I think for me, it was probably the... Like, the dreams. Like, the the resolution meeting the God of Dreams. And Mm. then... Because we met him, the, the turned into the whole really turned into the whole finale. Because we like you know potentially Mir wouldn't have even shown up if the God of Dreams didn't find out, and and so I think having that reveal where all of a sudden he's going through Zippy's memories and that moment of panic that kind of hits all three of us as soon as we see him Mm. doing that and Zippy's like smacking his head on the table. I'm like kicking him, trying to wake him up. And like all of us are panicking in that moment. I think it was like a big kind of like, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. And that, uh, as soon as it happened, all of us were like, Oh no, no, that's true. (laughs) And we were just coming off the high of, you know, kind of convincing him and, and getting to that place. So we were like feeling good. We're like, we did it. We finally made it. And then that curveball came in, and that was, uh, yeah, that threw me through a loop. I think for me, it was when I realized we weren't 
making an Adventures in Odyssey episode, but instead we're playing Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that took me by surprise as well. <laughs> it was when I was in the castle and tried to to um, separate from the group and kind of, you know, make make some moves story-wise. But instead I just got like... I turned into a mouse and then it got stepped on and then I ran away and then I just realized that was a tense. Moment. I realized things where the world wouldn't be so kind to my furry face and um yeah that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then your finger got cut off. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah. I still haven't reconciled with that. I <laughs> yeah. It, are you a bunny? Are you still a lapine if you're missing a finger? We'll have to we'll have to know season two. <laughs> season two will do a deep dive, five episodes at least into hey, Zippy's psyche. You're, you're, you don't have five fingers, but this isn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so follow up then. Does Zippy know. think he's going to be kicked out of the bramble patch because he lost a finger? <laughs> it's not a funny joke, Darian. um but uh yeah i mean uh when things started ramping up danger wise i think like especially in that scene for myself i was yeah i I may have played cool you know you know me uh zippy zippy fans i'm pretty cool but uh pretty good under the heat lamp but you know i i i swear i was sweating my butt off at that scene (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was the same for me i remember thinking like zippy could die in this moment like we're not there to save him it's all up to the dice and you kind of lucked out there jake with the only losing one finger but like it, it was very possible it could have lost like three four who knows what could have happened right that was mm-hmm. i remember from that moment on the the world the the danger felt more real it was like you know what our characters can die um it was a a lot more careful decision making after that for me at least mm-hmm. yeah the yeah i think i, th- yeah, I think that's when you guys all kind of really started thinking about what you were doing yeah <laughs> instead of just being like yeah we can do anything without getting touched um but yeah i'm surprised jacob only lost one finger yeah i thought the odds were he would lose at least three yeah but the um, dice were nice craziest moment for me was when uh zippy failed to kill Carmine on the ship the first time. When he goes he oh, kinda yeah. sneaks in there, we're all kinda waiting too. Mm. And then because just like in real life you stab someone in the chest when they're sleeping, you know, they're dead. But mm-hmm. but then we it's so easy to underestimate it was easy for me to underestimate at least how powerful Carmine was punching holes through the ship and like zippy just getting out of there and then darian like teleporting in teleporting out it was so sweet but that was a real like man what is going to happen next if we don't save comb like does the story end like do we have to start the campaign over because it felt like (laughs) such a game over in that moment and then we and then the story kind of evolved and it became something else entirely. It was cool. Yeah, the whole Carmine thing was akin to stabbing a rhino charging at me with a butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty the much. rules just don't apply when you think they would. <laughs> I mean, man, it was like Seth had like handed him on a silver platter to you to have that revenge and then just 
another curveball just busts out. And <laughs> man, I that was another moment where I was like, oh no, I think Zippy's going to die. But then we, we managed to just make it out of there. The teleportation save was pretty cool. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, there was definitely the some water. debate on my end, though, whether, like, you know, in, in normal life, you'd probably just go for the head or the neck and then end it. But, like, with the, the rules, there was no real, like, you know, sleep kill, insta kill thing. It was just, like, you know, stealth attacks or stuff like that. Uh, except I believe we all looked into it and there was, like, a 3.5 E1 or something. Oh, yeah, there was, a, handled that? there was a 3.5 rule where it was, like, if yeah. you do, like, a certain amount of damage, like, equal to. I don't know, some amount of their constitution. They have to make like a constitution saving throw, and if they fail, they die instantly or something. Yeah. If I put it above the heart and my aim is true. <laughs> Your hands were shaking in the moment, though. He's, he's a big boy. He was. It was a rhino. He's yeah. a big boy. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, oh, and the continuation of this question uh, was for me, and it was saying, what was the craziest thing the players did or the thing that threw me for a loop the most? Um. I can definitely think of two. The one being in episode one, where they did not go further into the breathing chasm. Instead, they got on long face clobby hooves and like charged into the onslaught of golden guards. I I thought like I was like so prepared. I had prepared so much regarding that decision that they would make, and then uh, like the end of the first season should have ended with them just getting to Orem, like right at the end. Come on. Um, yeah, or at least that's how I envisioned it. But obviously, these guys took the story their own way, and I loved it. Like, like it threw me for such a loop. And then Adam, I believe, was the one who suggested they go to the forest nearby, which I didn't even think they really knew about because, like, I sent them all the map. But uh, yeah, it led to this whole other thing. Thankfully, I had something like ongoing there already that was already pre-planned. That threw me for a loop, super hard. But the second one, <clears throat> I would say, was when. Zippy walks up to the queen, makes her start crying because he's talking about her, like, potentially dead grandson. And then, like, making the deal with Turi. Like, the de- the whole deal with Turi thing was never planned. Mm. But given the certain circumstances, it just made sense. But uh, that that definitely threw yeah, me into the loop. Yeah, I so. feel like uh, some people could think that we talked with Seth prior to the episode of kind of story things we want to hit. But we on- we honestly never do. Like we ever, <laughs> we we are constantly doing things just you know on our own volition. We we make the story as it goes. We we have no idea where where we're gonna be at the end of the episode. And um, I think just I I think just like fuck, pat myself on the back and the rest of you all. <laughs> we do quite a good job of getting from A to B pretty seamlessly in an episode. Like we we uh. We didn't, I don't think we ever had too too many times where we just like stood around and just like, well, I guess I'll do this. No, like I feel like we always kind of had plans that we wanted and we just went for it. So I think it was pretty good. Yeah, we even limited the amount that we talked as players to each other about plans. Um, like a couple times when it was like, okay, we got to go sneak into this place. We would kind of like call each other up and say, okay, like – the characters would have time to kind of make a plan, so we would kind of, okay, maybe we'll go in through the back or something like that. But besides that, um, we tried really hard to keep it all on the recording table, so to speak, as possible. And whenever you guys made those plans, like, you never told me. I was never in those calls. Yeah. 
Um, if there's someone who is leaking it to sure. Seth, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I have a guy. It's one of you three. There's a mole on the inside. That's true. We, um, we, don't, we don't really bring Seth in on those plans. And man, I loved, I loved when we charged headfirst. Like up to Orum, like just being able to give Seth my big green Eldrin middle finger, just to <laughs> uh, screw you. I'm going at the guards. <laughs> I was so scared because, like, this is my first time DMing too, like really DMing, and uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, this is what they go through. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, like, should I pull all these other things I had? Um, so yeah, I had to scrap pages worth of stuff. Thanks, guys. Um, well, you never know. Moving maybe on, we'll the last question there. from Bill Shreve. Sorry, what? I said you never know. Maybe we'll end up back there. You never know. Season two coming out soon. Uh, but at Bill Shreve, your last question that you sent was for Jacob specifically, and it was, "What was your thought process in creating a bunny person or a lupine?" Um, it's not a normal race. Where did your inspiration come from for this? But you may have kind of already answered that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I got the gist of it, but. Uh, it, <clears throat> I just wanted to really I I look I I know it seems like I'm the best D and D player in the world, but the <laughs> <laughs> and humble, you're so humble. <laughs> but it uh no, it's like the first time I've honestly ever really done D and D, and so it's been a learning curve throughout the whole process. I just knew I wanted to make something interesting for myself as a player, and. It, it started for me in the character creation as the actual character. I kind of workshopped with Seth a little bit, just like, I, I think I, the first thing I wanted to be was like a, a giant or something, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just saw the Lapine artwork and then just how it was kind of like a workshopped class. And I don't know, I just wanted it to be something different and I thought I could make a fun character out of it. And I think the, I thought the viewers would like it as well. Just, you know, it's a, you get a lot of humans or elves or whatever in D&D and I thought it would be fun. And also a voice like the Zippy voice would go well with the actual animal, which I think it, I accomplished that. So no, that, that's kind of where my thought process went. The rest was honestly just on the fly, like him saying his his signature, you know, intro where he's just talks about it, <laughs> talks about it, where he's from and I'm just from ra- the Bramble Patch. Yeah, and just rambles on. That's that's just something I just <laughs> I just kept doing and it, I yeah, I, I I don't plan anything, guys. I just I just that's, <laughs> Man, that's that is just one of those talking. That's one of those creative decisions I think you've made like as the character in the moment that is actually probably one of my favorites. When like when we first started and you did it the first couple times, I was like, oh my goodness. And like it was like would like roll my eyes at the next one. But then it like it's really endearing. grew on it's me endearing. and I found <laughs> Yeah, I, I well that's what I mean. It really grew on me and how much like it really like makes the character and helps you understand the character's whole personality in that first like two minutes yeah. about who they are and yeah. in that introduction that like now every time like it just starts and I know it's happening like I just burst out laughing yeah like just like it's it's become this like big inside joke like with the team basically that that's how Zippy always introduces himself and they just think it's really funny and I I I that's one of my I, I think was a really cool thing that came out of you just playing the character. I think I think if there's some way to describe the character, it would be unpredictably predictable. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do enjoy that there was the one time with Colm when you first met him in the cave and you did the intro. And I just, I was like determined to not interrupt and see how far you would go with it. Uh, <laughs> I just kept going. That was a good moment. You kept going. I was surprised. I had to cut him off. Um, okay, next question. Uh, this one is from at D&D Blaggards on Twitter. And this one's for the player characters. How do you stay in character so convincingly? Uh, and I got to give you guys props for that as well. Like, you guys are in characters com- like 90% of the episode. Like, you even talk to me and you're like DM questions in character voice. Uh, so how do you guys do it? What's your method? What's your secrets? I don't know. I think, I think for me, like, I've, I've listened to quite a few other D&D podcasts and, and those in the community. And I think what really stands out to me as a, as a listener is I, I love hearing uh, the, the players like actually taking on the character as like a role rather than just like, you know, I guess like this mental image of like playing with like little toy soldiers. Like instead of doing that, like you're a, you're a character actually acting it out and uh, seeing and hearing that and hearing people be able to play those characters makes it more immersive. And, and the, the shows that I love the most are where the players do that a lot. And I, that was, so that was something when we were doing, it was really important to me that I was like, I really want to like, just like be Darian. And, and so I try and avoid, you know, at like player questions, like as much as like is reasonable and, and acting it out in game because I think that's more exciting and engaging and, and, and wanting to participate in it. So uh, making that a priority is what's really helped me kind of stick to that, at least for me. Uh, yeah, acting classes every Tuesday night. Um, I uh... <laughs> no. have a coupon. No. Um, no, I, I think it's like I enjoy being in zippy skin than my own. Um, no. I hate my life. I just don't want to be me ever. No, I don't know. I I like the idea of almost like turning yourself off and just embodying this kind of mm. persona. Uh, I um, and I don't know. I like it's just so different from myself. I would think that <laughs> like I, I just I don't know. I just find it easy to just be be the bunny <laughs> bunnies with <him. laughs> it's kind of liberating to like you know stretch your skin because obviously like you said you like you never act like that in real life and to mm. be someone you're not you know it's fun yeah i'm not sure if i do always stay in character so convincingly i kind of feel like normandy has changed um pretty often just in terms of how I've kind of come to understand him, especially as more of his background has kind of been created. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But I I do do my best to try to think, okay, how would Normandy react in this situation? And uh, honestly, being surrounded with such a good team where their improv is so quick and their characters are so believable, it, it snaps me back whenever I'm beginning to metagame in my head. Like, oh, wait, like... I, I should really do this to get this kind of reaction. But then Darian, not Connor, Darian says something that Darian would say. And I, I go, but, but Connor already knows. Oh, but Darian doesn't know that. Okay. Well, oh, right. Okay. And it kind of gets me back into that place. So having a good team and a good DM really helps me personally. Well, 
I guess kind of going off of that, though, Seth, for you then, how, like, uh, it's kind of a second part of the question here. How do you keep track of all those character voices then? Because I, I know I have a, di- like, distinct memory of us when we're going to the castle and there's kind of this convergence of characters that you're just jumping between for, like, a good 30 to 40 minutes where you're just mm. bouncing back and forth between people and NPCs are having conversations with each other and you're switching voices rapidly. Like, that's... It, it's honestly really impressive. I've played with quite a few different DMs and your your unique voices and characters and personalities and then being able to talk to each other doing that is impressive. How do you kind of keep track of that? Blackjack and yogurt specifically because, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's very easy once you get the hang of it. Yeah, once you get the hang of it, it just comes naturally, you know? You just keep going back and forth and it's, it's just flipping a switch. Yeah, switch, get one. Um, no, uh, I have a list. I have, I have a giant list of all the NPCs I've named and a list of the ones that could like enter with brief notes on all of them. Uh, but specifically right next to their names in brackets, I usually have, uh, a description of their voice in the character and, and, and things like that. Like, so for Blackjack, it's like, you know, you got to talk gravelly. You got to talk with a little bit more raspy. And you got to be like Boston or something. And then <laughs> Yogurt's just like, oh, you got to be, you know, real high and, and the same thing. But like nice and sweet. And I got a fat ass. Um, <laughs> Seth, I've met so many people who who think there are two people in the room after listening to Blackjack and Yogurt. Well, yeah, I'd like to introduce you to uh, my other brother, uh, also, he's yogurt, right? No, uh, that's that's the biggest compliment. Like, honestly, that that means so much to me. And I, I'm not a voice actor. I don't really do voices. These were the first time I've ever really been experimenting. Except when I play video games with Jacob, I usually do voices. And that's how I develop them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, um, a lot of time in the shower is how I make them. But how I keep track of them is just a sheet and with little notes next to them uh, on how, which would make sense to me of how to kind of switch and go into that voice. Uh, so, you know, be organized and keep documents because otherwise I couldn't remember them all uh, off the top of my head. Now, like, whenever somebody says blackjack or yogurt, yeah, I can go into that by memory. But uh, not everybody, obviously. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to do the and voices. I think that's voice? my favorite part about being a DM. Marley's voice, you nail hers. She's, she's the best one. <laughs> of Marley? Yeah. Honestly, that was the most challenging. <laughs> being a silent deaf girl is just, ugh. Both those oh, I, well, you don't see on my sweet. side, but I'm signing. I'm signing. So much. <laughs> signing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jacob likes the kids, but Zippy's like, put him in a cage. <laughs> um, I love that. That's that's one of the favorite parts too. Is when you first get to the mansion, you're like, keep Page in a cage. Cage the page. Cage the page. Um. But yeah, another question here uh, is from Josiah Mahan on Twitter. And it is, what was the plan if the party had chosen to save the king instead of Gilbert's daughter? Uh, I don't know, guys. What was your plan if you did that? <laughs> uh, get super effing rich. <laughs> Honestly, I think this. Pl- I think this question is more for you, Seth. Like, what were you? What would you have done? <laughs> what would I have done? Yeah. Uh, so, you guys have actually asked me. I, I think I've gotten a lot of questions from you guys, especially of. You know, what would have happened if we did this or or things like that, especially after we're just finished recording. You're like, oh, what would have happened if I didn't stab Carmine or or if, you know, Colm didn't work out, things like that. And there is backup plans for those things. And not everything is just like 
the one track, obviously, as we've said before, you know, we don't plan anything. We really improv it on the spot. And I'm thrown for a loop almost every episode. But in this instance, I truly thought the guys were going to save the king instead of Gilbert. I tried to make it um, a decision like that was equal enough. Um, You know, grand treasure versus rep with a king. Uh, but knowing you guys, I thought you were just going to be like, you know, screw the guy. He might not. He might be lying about having this grand treasure clue. Like, that could be a total lie. We should just go with the guaranteed, like, king saving sauce, and get rich. Yeah. So the plan was though, or what I envisioned was they would save the king. They'd get a lot of gold. They get a lot of reputation, and then they would be immediately inducted into the Greeters Guild alongside Stretch. Stretch wouldn't have had to die. No. Um, so they would have been kind of in the Greeters Guild with this makeshift team of, of like, low-tier Greeters that were left behind. Uh, and they would probably be traveling the world to try and find the other Greeters who are with Felix and, and try and catch up to them on their quest. So that was where I thought wow. that would have gone. You know, so, much, so many things we wouldn't have, would have, wouldn't have met. Like, we wouldn't have seen so much it's 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 weird like the like valentine's shop maybe or uh jezebel or um the guy at the music store like who knows well we never would have got mm-hmm. the piano key yeah you wouldn't have it would that you'd be looking for a completely different grand treasure than the one you're on um so it would have been cool but you ruined it <laughs> think of <laughs> think of repent for your sins Flipping um crazy. All right, we got a few more uh, fan questions. Uh, so we got these from Jacob Goudreau. Thank you on Twitter. Uh, Connor, yours is first. Oh, fun. Was there anything that changed about your characters, or like Darian, as you played them throughout the season that you weren't expecting? So how did Darian evolve in a way that you didn't expect? Yeah. Or did um... you predict all of it? I predicted all of it. I'm a genius. No, not at all. Um, actually, I would say probably the biggest switch um, happened really quick. Um, I had originally expected Darian to be more carefree uh, and kind of like a free spirit uh, kind of character. Um, but based on the people he had started being teamed up with and adventuring with, his kind of... Uh, inner responsibility took over and so that's why he's i i I guess you could say kind of sobered up a little more in terms of how he's uh responsible how he interacts with uh you know the nobles and the peoples that he's involved with because uh he feels like he needs to be the responsible one which was uh without getting too much into spoiler was not his hopes in coming here um you know, he expected to be a little more of a free spirit in, in this, but the the situation called for more reason and, and responsibility and leadership. And so uh that was that was a that was a hard pivot, I think, that happened for, for me that I was like, well, the, it's not just gonna let that fly and and having to switch that. So that was that was the biggest change that came out. But I think the other parts of it is then because of that pivot, how it's developed more into um, how he envisions the teams and the decisions he makes because he pivoted into, okay, I'm now responsible for these people and I need to keep them safe, which then turned into a lot of conflict with Norman 
you know, when he killed um, uh, Zhao after Zippy got captured, you know, and taking the you know decision in his own hands caused a lot of conflict because he kind of stepped too far the other direction. And, and so kind of learning to balance the, I need to, you know, take care of these people and I'm responsible for these people, but also I need to respect their wishes and their decisions and, and trying to find the happy medium there is a, is a new thing for him and something that he's still kind of figuring out. And so that was a direction for the character uh, I wasn't quite expecting uh, so early. Darian is definitely the dad of the group. <laughs> He's the oldest, um, that's for sure. That's true. Uh, a question for Adam, too, actually. Ooh. Uh, why the accordion first? Oh, um, I'm French-Canadian. My grandfather uh, played accordion all his life, ever since I was a kid. Family reunions, uh, they played violin, guitar, and accordion all every single time. It was It was great. I don't know. It just kind of felt... And it also kind of felt kind of... Um, felt like home. Like swashbuckly. Yeah. But it also kind of felt like swashbuckly, kind of that swaying kind of piratey thing. And Norman isn't a pirate, but he grew up on islands. And there's a lot of uh, ship trade and sea travel. So it kind of I thought it was kind of fitting because he's a bard, but grew up in a monk kind of place so mm-hmm. kind of had to adapt and kind of learn music from the people who he would pass um and probably learn music from them and so kind of probably got a an accordion from some kind of sea guy at some point so and the second follow-up is normandy looking for love uh, he got shot down with <laughs> jesse unfortunately my bad uh, she's married man um I felt so bad in the moment because when you said you had a crush on her, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, no, she's married. <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, but he's he's waiting for love to find him. You know, he is a rolling stone, <laughs> gathers no moss. But, uh, <laughs> can, but yeah. Can, but <laughs> I'm like, can I actually believe that's true when you are actively stalking this chick? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, whatever happens, happens. He's honestly preoccupied with other things, but he sounds would, like the he, words of a heartbroken man. Yeah, <laughs> he hides it. But you can uh, catch Normandy on the next season of The Bachelor Mondays at eight. Yep, <laughs> he's um, got the horns. He's he's the one guy with the horns. Um, no, we'll see. Um, this question's for Jacob. Uh, do you know what the Bramble Patch is really like? Or are you planning on letting Seth create it for you? How does that whole approach work? Well. I think I can answer this one. Well. Because Jacob is creating it in every sentence he says. Like, <laughs> one at a time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go through every episode of season one and just, like, write down everything I ever said to, like, make sure it's accurate. I've kept, I've kept brief notes of, like, all the weird references you made. Like, objectively now, Black Bunny Castle is better than Orem. <laughs> Not objectively, <laughs> realistically. Um, if you, I mean, if you guys want to know, if you guys look carefully at the map that we have posted of Orem, there's actually a lot more information going on in the Bramble Patch Corner than you may think. Am I just hmm. saying that? <laughs> <laughs> To fill in time yeah. for this question. 
Maybe. <laughs> no. no, I mean, like, even if you guys look at the map, even you, there is things you can piece together, it being surrounded by mountains, but then also that little house just outside the mountains that I'm sure will play into the Bramble Pass 4 as well. We'll have to find out if we ever go back home. We'll see we what should happens. say that you guys are heading to Poker Rock, uh, or that's where the last season ended, uh, to get an airship, and that's very close to the Bramble Patch, so we might like have a encounter. nice little view. But yeah, I mean, uh, neighbors. I, I think I'm, I said in the prologue, it's been a while since I listened to it, that there's like, I think I said this, that there's like different houses Mm-hmm. In the same sense of like, let's just say Game of Thrones, if you've ever, <laughs> but not not in like this. Not necessarily. No one's actually extremely. After... No close. one's actually after the throne though, because everyone respects the Lord of Black uh, Black Bunny Castle, um, allegedly. Uh, but no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys will just have. Have <clears throat> to see when we get there, and in true zippy style, it'll be a hell of a time. I w- I will say that Jacob definitely laid the foundation of the Bramble Patch. I fleshed out a little few more details so that I would know, uh, but everything like I flesh out, Jacob knows, so that when we eventually get to the Bramble Patch, he'll he'll know what's going on and who's there, and he has a list of. His what is it like? Your family has like eighty names in it. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's huge, a huge list. list. But yeah, um, and they all end with an e noise. It's like Zippy, Brandy, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> they're, they're all very. It's a it's a Westboro tradition. Uh, but yeah, we'll see more Bramble Patch soon potentially. Ooh. And the last question from the fans for me here. Uh, was were there any locations or people that you were really hoping the characters would discover in this season that they never did? Can you tell us anything about them? Uh, I will tell you not people, but I'll tell you places. There's two places individual individually that I was excited to go to, and we still might, so I won't give too many details. But one was the breathing chasm um, that they started in. Uh, as you could tell, like in the middle of that whole scene, rushing air came from below and lifted them up really high. So something there is causing these extreme winds to rise. And it was going to be this whole kind of cave adventure. And there was a lot of really cool things I had in there. Ah. So they might go there. The other place is Pan Pearl. It's to uh, the west of Orem. It's it's near the sea. It's on the coast there. And uh, Pan Pearl is like a gambling city. So it's just really like casino style and uh i was excited for them to go there and gamble away all their gold so they still might (laughs) i want to go to silver uh, rock river and pan for some gold and then we can save uh, some animals that are locked up beside it and kind of like ruin the whole subplot of a movie but we have to go through the crimson plateau and they say no animal comes out the same animal You got to go back to Wanawamp too, Camp Wanawamp. Yeah, there's wow. secrets there. I miss my or Sanguine. I'm, I'm excited for you guys to go back to Sanguine eventually, the the trading sea city. So, man, I miss Jelly but. Belly so bad. No he one's was... no one's gonna know who we're talking about here. Man, listen to the por- prologue. Yeah, I actually listen have a to question prologues. about those. Hold on, Andalus, who can say so? The thing is, though, like, man, <laughs> the I think probably my fate, one of my favorite NPCs that Seth has done, 
is Jelly Belly from my prologue episode. Be, like it just it caught me so off guard, man. I like I burst out laughing in the episode. Like it is the most genuine laugh. Like I I was so not ready, and it was the big like it was another huge curveball that like really showed Seth shine as a DM by just like being on it, like, bringing out the unexpected. Like I it was uh, fantastic. Thank you. Um. Well, thank you. Uh, for those who don't know, Jelly Belly is this uh, short, rotund child, this orc child who only speaks Spanish. <laughs> um, so no one knows what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> but if you translate the actual words, I'm trying my best to say the Spanish, but if you translate roughly what I'm saying, you might be very shocked to see what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, Seth hasn't even told I'll, me all the translations. Like, yeah, he told I'll me, tell like, you one. One, one he said that orcs love the sunshine, so that's something. Uh, but there's, there's much darker ones. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll release those eventually. But anyways, that's it for the fan questions. And before we get into just the last little wrap-up and debrief that, you know, we'll talk to each other about, we're going to do a mid-roll. So, enter in mid-roll music now. All right, mid-roll time. Uh, so, hello. Uh, everybody here? I think we're all here. Hello. Yeah. We're recording this at the same time. We're here. Um, so, Connor, first up, tell us what's coming next. We just want to give you guys a little overview of what's to come for our show before we get back into season two. Yeah, well, this uh, episode you're listening to right now is a Q&A episode, which is super exciting, and we're happy for you guys to listen to it. Uh, but then coming two weeks after this is going to be my one shot, Woo! which we're keeping a little tight-lipped, which I'll reveal the name of the one shot at the end of this episode. And uh, once I figure out what it's going to be... <laughs> and so we'll talk about it then. Uh, two weeks, or a week after that, a week after our one shot, we're going to have release a recap. Uh, it's going to be a, a full uh, covering of what happened in the first season, and it's going to be a awesome jump on point for new listeners. So if you have any uh, friends or family or people you think that would really enjoy this, you know, that weird coworker you kind of been wanting to, like, not really talk to you, but you know he's like kind of into things like this. You can like maybe have some awkward water cooler conversation about. Uh, you can introduce him to our show, and uh, you, that is a great point to to jump onto if he doesn't want to listen to whole backlog or listen to that, get hooked, and then listen to the backlog. Uh, is also something cool that they can do there. And then the week after that, we're going to be jumping into season two, which is going to be really June twenty fifth. Yeah, so at that time, you're actually going to get you know. Uh, something three weeks in a row. It's going to be the one shot, the recap, and then season episode one of season two. And for season I don't think two, we agreed on that. <laughs> what? It's going to be two weeks. Two weeks every time. For the, I don't think the recap is going to be two weeks. That's that's what I said in the last episode. Oh, that's oh no, that's not what we talked about. That's awkward. If that's what you guys want, I guess. <laughs> Never mind. Well, that's changing. This is you can tell this is live because that's changing. Never mind. It's episode two weeks recap. Two weeks episode. All one, you need to know season two is that June twenty fifth is when we're starting <laughs> season two. Yeah, heck um, yeah, and it's gonna be really good. And, and we are gonna be in. continuing. 
we are going to be continuing uh, the uh, Grand Treasure storyline. Uh, and I know we, if you guys listen to any preamble stuff about the show, we are going to potentially look at doing some other stuff in the future. But for season two, we are going to be continuing the storyline because we're loving the characters, loving this world that Seth has created. And we're going to continue to deep dive into that. So and then stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe season two will be the end. You'll all die. <laughs> and we can go on to new things. Um, but yeah, uh, Adam, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Oh boy, I'm like the one person who you shouldn't ask this to. Um, our handle <laughs> on... Do you know what? I I know Jacob wants to answer this so bad because he was telling me before. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to take it from him. He was really banking on you asking him. So... Okay, uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Jacob, where can they find us on social medias? Let me just look this up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just Google it. Uh, in the meantime, while he looks it up, Adam, what should they do after listening? Uh, two things. One, they should give us a five-star rating on iTunes, especially five stars, because that helps us out a lot. It helps people who like D and D but haven't heard of our podcast yet. Uh, it kind of brings us up into their feed, so they can check us out. That would be a huge help. And the other thing you can do is go to our Patreon page linked. What is our Patreon URL? Uh, cheaper by the Dungeon at Patreon. Okay, yeah, okay. Just Google it in there. You'll find. Okay, it. cool. Um, go there. We have tons of different options of ways that you can support us um, and lots of really cool bonuses of all the things that you guys can get. And they're all compounded, obviously. So one tier above, you get everything that was below that and so on and so forth. So it's it's really cool. And that would, uh, again, that helps us out a lot, keeping things running and making the quality of the pro the program of the show better all the time. Uh, special shout out to Spencer Gatton, our newest Patreon Woo-hoo! person. Thank you so much everybody else say thank you thank you <laughs> thank you uh jabe did you get end up googling what our social medias is because none of us know what's this uh, a pigeon no. someone just mailed me a letter <laughs> let me open it oh, oh. what's this our handle Someone mailed this? Cheaper Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> that is so underwhelming. Uh, at Cheaper Dungeon on Twitter? That's all it says? <laughs> That's all it says. Oh, what's this? Flipped it over. On Facebook. <laughs> Cheaper by the Dungeon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa, two extra words. Oh man, what's that PS say at the bottom? I can't read. I'm too far. Not doesn't have Instagram. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we have an I Instagram. Think we do have an Instagram. <laughs> we do. Uh, I'm waiting yeah, for that yeah. other letter. <laughs> Cheaper underscore dungeon, I believe. Follow us there for some hot picks. We're gonna be releasing a a sexy fireman calendar with just the characters drawing soon. Oh, I um, dropped my milk. Oh, sorry, I got a little too excited for that. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's the end of the mid roll. Back to questions. Transition music, go.
boom we are back in the room and we got some no more questions from you guys but we got questions for each other and we're just going to debrief and talk about the show for a little bit and then we'll get out of your hair so i don't know anybody have any questions yeah i well actually before we go connor i don't want to hear you (laughs) (laughs) i want to know what was everybody's favorite moments or just favorite moment in general over the season just top favorite part Wow, hard hard question. Yeah, so much happened. Yeah. It's so easy to forget everything that happened too because it's so think, diverse. Yeah. I think I don't know if I have a favorite moment because there's a lot of really exciting things that happened, but for me, I think a really cool moment and really defining moment for us as a team is when we make the decision to save Gilbert's daughter, save Marley, and when we have that confrontation with Stretch outside and there's this moment of like when we when we kill him of like we've like there's kind of like a no going back feeling of like no like we know we've we've closed that door you know we've defined who we are as a team and how we're going to do things and i think that really I don't know, just that, that, that finite feeling of we've made this decision and now we have to roll with it and accept it. Um, I, I don't think was, I was there for that. I think really cool for us. <laughs> I'm almost 100% sure I wasn't there for that. What are you talking about? You were what? Totally there. The stretch scene? Yeah, well, stretch died. we kill Stretch. Spoiler. But oh, no. yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the guy you got you tortured in the basement. Oh, Barrel. No, no that was Barrel. Barrel. No, yeah. I mean, that was a cool scene. <laughs> like, but That like... was violent. <laughs> no, that was, that was interesting in its own way, too, for some other character development. But, no, like, the, the when we killed Stretch, we came out with uh, Mongo, and we came out with Gilbert. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, it's like, I think as a team, we really came together. I'm like, I don't think I was there for that. <laughs> 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 I was I was being tortured in another part of the world. <laughs> that was I thought that narratively that was kind of some cool parallels happening mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But yeah, the when we we kill Stretch as he's about to like attack Norman, I I think it's a really cool defining moment for us, and uh, I like that. Especially for Darian too, because that was when he really threw his chips in. Because you know what, at that point he could have bailed. At any point, he wasn't obligated to anyone, and then he said, "Okay, I'm going to save one person's life at the expense of another." The choice is made, you know. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, um, it's exciting. I like the part where we're in the curiosity shop, and uh, we, re- <laughs> I, I like dare the guy, dare the guys to put me in it. <laughs> then there comes there comes the point. I'm like, you guys put me in it, and then it, it comes to the point where where <laughs> they're like they could actually put me in it, and I was just like, as a player, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this isn't a game anymore. <laughs> I don't know where I can what go. What would happen to him? That that was so funny. You were making a joke of it all. You were gonna get tossed into this void chest, and then <laughs> there was razor blades coming out of that thing. <laughs> and gross like hair clippings. <laughs> oh, yeah. covered in skin. And shin pads. Ugh. Um, Man, that void chest saved my um, life a hundred times though. That water bottle alone oh my gosh, really that's so did sick. pull through. 
What was your favorite moment, Adam? I have two. First one being, and not for the reasons I thought it would be for sure, was the tomato soup scene. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, because it was a while back, um, Norman and Darian and Zippy all kind of have a bit of an altercation because Normandy cracks this joke that that is totally interpreted the wrong way as being like a racist thing towards Darian because he's an Eladrin who's like a green elf and calls him a lizard and all this kind of stuff. And then before he kind of knows it, and before I knew it too, um, Normandy kind of found himself what felt like the outside of this team. And so I was trying to think, okay, how would Normandy kind of bridge this gap so he chooses to kind of reveal this really vulnerable part of his past, which is kind of this backstory thing. And that was one part that me and Seth had talked about was... Uh, like, hey, is it appropriate to bring this up? Is this too soon to kind of reveal this thing? And and we kind of thought, no, it's actually perfect. And in my mind, the way that it was going to play out was I was going to kind of say this scene, the kind of the harp would start playing in the background. We'd all kind of come together and go, oh, we're like a beautiful team. And then uh, I made, well, Normandy kind of made some headway with Darian, kind of won some respect and understanding because Normandy did apologize too. Um, but then was I ever thrown for a curve when Zippy was like, that's not good enough. You can't just say something and expect it to erase all of these actions that you've done. And it really threw me for a loop. But at the same time, it really made, in my mind, um, the characters real. Because it wasn't, because I think in, in my mind, I'm so trained to problem, there's a resolution, problem, there's a resolution, half hour sitcom kind of thing. And these characters go beyond that. You know, they've kind of become more than just like a sitcom situational uh, uh, plot device, but they're real characters with motivations of their own. Um, and it really made it real for me and kind of thought, Wow. Okay. Like one fancy speech isn't enough to win someone over. I have to. I have to be a team player. So that was a really cool moment for me. I think it was really interesting that throughout this season we broke two of the cardinal sins of of D anD D, which is don't split the party, which Zippy did <laughs> by running. You could say I was abandoned, then... but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't think it would split the party. You didn't <laughs> think it was a moment for that, really, or that it would end up like it did. And then we also allowed like for inter-character conflict, which usually leads to split parties anyways and, and, and bad things. But I think we used both as really cool character development, team development, and also just like storytelling mechanics. Um, so kudos to you guys. I didn't really have a hand in that. But uh, yeah, what was the other moment? Oh, the um, real quick, just the... This the scene where we're we're riding on our horses and all those black hooded riders are chasing us, and oh, yeah. we got to really see um, the Zippy wasn't there, sad face, but we got to see real duality and fighting styles between Darian and Normandy, and kind of the strengths and weaknesses of each, and and you know no surprise Darian came in and saved the day at the end because you know Normandy just couldn't cut it because he's very very squishy, <laughs> but um... after you blew me <laughs> off my horse and. <laughs> killed my horse you had to like revive it eight times that was so funny um but i I really like that because it really kind of showed um that that was the first time i think in combat it kind of showed the team dynamics it's like hey i cover your weaknesses and i cover yours and and so on so Mm -hmm. forth so i'm i'm looking forward to doing more of that as we go forward and it's definitely a buddy cop moment yeah it was cool 
Um, Connor, your questions. I'll let you ask them now that you had, and I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I do have one actually specifically for Adam on this one. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to what really was going through Norman's mind. And maybe you can't divulge this because it's too, you know, something that needs to be acted out in game, but that's fine. But when, when Norman decided to come back and kill Beryl, was he really thinking about, you know, the betterment of the team? Or is that kind of uh, succumbing to his demon lord heritage and feeling like that's that's what he should do in, in that kind of scenario, if, if that makes sense? So I have a black ball on my desk. And every time I just kind of mute my mic and I ask it what I should do, and I just kind of shake it. And it tells me. Um, no. Just kidding. Um, That's a bad idea. <laughs> um, you know, it was actually uh. um, really multifaceted decision. I was actually, if you go back and listen to it, I don't say anything for like the whole twenty minutes beforehand because I'm like really consumed with this thought of, like, first pragmatically, what if this guy catches wind of Comb being there? Um, you know, what's gonna like what could unfold? Cole could realize everything. He could get killed, um, but then it was it wasn't so much um, Royce and the Demon King influencing him. Although that's actually so much cooler than what I thought. <laughs> um, but it was really Norman trying to learn a little bit from Darian's book, kind of saying, "Well, what's for the betterment of the team? Even if it's not what I want to do, or if it's a dirty job." If it keeps the team safe and kind of keeps us on track, that's what we should do. Um, and his, it was more so the conversation before when they tortured Beryl that the whole um, son of the Demon King, Lord of the Deep, kind of played a role saying, um, hey, I understand that death is a part of life. And for life to move on, death needs to exist. And so that... Um, things can become stronger and evolve. That's the only way that things can really exist long-term if, is if there's death. And that's why the deep needs to exist. Um, so that was kind of Normandy's um, thoughts for that. But really the, the barrel thing is he kind of thought, well, for once, you know, Darian doesn't have to do that heavy lifting kind of thing. Mm. Interesting. That, I, I didn't think you would think in that way that, you know, doesn't have to always fall on Darian's shoulders. Because I think... Kind of like in, in kind of the, the other side of that is, uh, in a way, Darian has kind of felt like that when it's come to the, just the dirty decisions of like, well, yeah, no, we got to, you know, we got to eliminate this threat. We got to kill Zhao. And, and, and in those ways, he's willing to make those decisions. And, and part of that is understanding the necessity. But the other part of that is kind of from him being a, a more of a fey creature and, and from the fey wild and how they view uh, kind of life and the necessity of action, which is just very different than the prime plane in terms of morality. And, and a lot there's a lot more gray in the Feywild in terms of like good versus evil. And so he hasn't felt quite the same burden in a sense of feeling guilty, but uh, has felt as in like he's got to be the one to make the decisions because they view that differently. So seeing Norman kind of take that on a little bit is, is, uh, is interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I guess kind of going off of that, uh, I have uh, another uh, question. But for Seth, what was your, for 
each of uh, for each of us, what was your favorite uh, player moment? So like a decision we made or an action we did that you were like that like you know that kind of blew you out of the water that really you really enjoyed. Mm, let me think about that. Uh, you have to think. I I well, there's so many. Uh, I can think. Comedy wise for Darian, I thought it was so funny when you went to the mansion and were like, Oh, raw meat? Oh, like you cook your meat, you disgusting animals? Like what are you doing with cooked meat? I thought that was hilarious. And also in the dream sequence when Darian is looking up at Zippy and this other dream person fighting like gods, and then he's just like, you know what, I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs> and just starts walking the other way. Uh but in terms of decisions I really, really like the decision that Darian made to, or that you made as a character for character development, where you started, you know, losing control of your powers, especially in the city, uh, where you started, or not your powers, like your emotions. And you went to the bar, and then you met Jezzy, um, who was surprisingly connected to the Fae. But I, I think that was a decision I really enjoyed seeing play out as character development, because Darian, like, for the most part, had just been kind of this serious, stoic, like, solo dude. And then we got to see kind of another more vulnerable side of him there. Um, in terms of combat, Darian always crushes it. I have no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Normandy, I have a few. I, th- I think my absolute favorite move he you've done was the the detect thoughts on um Dawson after the piano key exploded the piano I thought that was so clever and I I was was like oh man I I wasn't expecting to give you as much information as I did and you might think even now like that wasn't a lot but uh that was definitely my favorite move you you pulled out that that was a definitely a smooth one um yeah I I thought that was ingenious um and of course, your charm persons on everyone. <laughs> Go down, great success. Um, it almost worked. It almost worked. Uh, for Zippy, uh, honestly, I've hated every single decision Zippy's <laughs> made because it screwed me over so much. It's it's a fucking nightmare. It's it's the <laughs> worst. It's I I everything he does throws some sort of wrench in my in my plans. Um. So for Zippy, I hate everything he does. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> but my absolute favorite decision or move he's made was turning into a penguin that one time. I thought that was funny. <laughs> 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 and I actually, I really enjoy from a character perspective that Jacob or Zippy, like, especially in that fight, the first boss fight against Paul, he's literally dangling his legs off the edge for like a solid round. He just sits, he just sits and watches. And I'm like, that's so zippy. Like, it's so funny. Like from an actual D and D player perspective, like I'm sure you two were screaming cause Normandy was about to die as <laughs> well. I, and, I, and... I remember like that. I think that's also a very like rep- good representation of us as a team in terms of like our, our personalities coming out is like, Zippy's sitting there like mm-hmm. carefree, just like oh, they got it. It's fine. Darian's in there swinging his sword frantically, like 
annihilating them, and then Norman sitting there just like, I can't charm these monkeys, and then goes down. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just seeing us there like that, just how sloppy it is, it's just, oh, man. it's really so good. Funny. That also reminds me with Darian, another thing I really enjoyed was that you searched the tree, mm. the dead tree there. I didn't think you'd do that, but there was actually something in there that I was really hoping you'd find. Um, obviously, we know it's now like the 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 cinder soul or tinder soul, soul sorry um and yeah i thought that was i was good that you were actually searching and, and things like that credit where credit is due yeah i i want to point out that like i was yeah, the should, one i should also say that. yeah actually maybe that's more of a jacob moment <laughs> <laughs> and he never gave me anything for that <laughs> you yeah, yeah. you got the hat <laughs> <laughs> you threw it away and i picked it up <laughs> I like how Jacob also again in the in the finale. This isn't a spoiler really, but Jacob wanted a, a dagger kind of bone shape, or he just wanted a tooth kind of from the bones of this <laughs> yeah. monster. And and Darian finds it, picks it up, and doesn't give it to him. <laughs> but uh, and of course, lastly, uh, who could forget Normandy's incredible water bottle play that threw me for a loop? I honestly thought Carmine was going to kill him. Wow. Um, that that yeah. was a scary moment. I remember like having the shakes in that in that episode thinking about what was going to happen i i was shocked when you were like i'm going to be the one to, to to bait him basically and i was like oh this is gonna be so bad uh but you pulled it off that bottle man that's so sick um but yeah did you guys have fun yeah man it's it great good. season yeah. it's good that's all that matters any last questions uh before we head off um, I actually have a, a close friend uh, just sending a message to me. I just texted him saying, hey, we're doing our Q&A. And uh, he said, do we plan on going weekly on our recordings anytime soon? Um, I think we can all say at the moment uh, that's not really feasible for us and our personal schedules. We all work long, long hour jobs. And doing the two weeks alone is is sometimes difficult. Uh I don't know. Do you guys think? I think maybe, maybe if we get enough of that Patreon mm. money, huh? Then, then we could go week. <laughs> well, uh, realistically, if I yeah. Ramen noodles, I would, and I can do that with your guys' support. Patreon, cheaper dungeon. <laughs> I yeah, I I would that love the letter. I would love to go weekly. Yeah, like if if we could do that, we could just yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and really dive into that. Sink our teeth in these characters in this world. Like I'd love to do that, but it's it's just kind of hard given the like our current life situations for for all of us. So I think as as we gather more, you know, support and people, you know, want to listen to the show, uh, it you know becomes more and more a possibility uh, for something like that to take place. It's something I think all of us would want to work towards and strive towards. Um, so a way that if you as a listener want to support that, you know, is, is get your, your friends and family on board, share it, you know, it, and just the, the more support we can get on the show and on Patreon and through other methods as well, it, we're closer to that becoming a, a reality. Yeah. We're just trying to get on Ryan yeah. and Kelly in the morning. Do you hear me, Ryan? <laughs> Honestly, Ryan Seacrest. Ryan? If I can get Ryan on wouldn't one. Listen. Ryan wouldn't listen, but Kelly... Listen, hey, Kelly, I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> yeah. If I can get on one on. daytime television spot, just one, I, I'll, I can die happy. Kelly, baby, I know we've gone, we, we <laughs> go so far back. I, I, I know you said you never want to see me again, but if I'm going to pull a favor, this is the one. Kelly, stop listening. Oh, me. Kelly left the chat. 
Remember Nam. In all, uh, in all that went down there. In all seriousness, it's um like likes and Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Go no, on. Go right. um, in all seriousness, though, likes and and shares and, and reviews and stuff are all like really are so appreciated. But nothing really tells us that we're doing a good job, like um like a financial support because it just communicates. And of course. The, we love all the comments and, and everything alone, um, but nothing tells us that you love what we're making um, like that. And it just kind of says that you really value it, and it's just really encouraging. So everyone who's given already, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you to our patrons. Like, you guys are superstars. And you guys are the real MVPs. They are. And But, you know, not everybody can financially support us, and that's totally fine. Like, honestly, listening to our show mm-hmm. alone helps us out and it means the world to us mm-hmm. uh yeah sharing us and telling friends and everything just basically you know just supporting us it really does mean the world be to a us. Kate. and even if you don't we're gonna keep making this show anyways because screw you but <laughs> but yeah uh kelly I'm, you have my number i know you do <laughs> um does does anybody have any more final thoughts or questions before we cap off this q a and head into Connor's one shot next. Oh, oh, no. oh, yeah, the name. We need the name. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, yeah, that's the name. Before we go, the name. Uh... Oh, man. Jacob was telling me about this earlier. And he was saying it was insane. He didn't tell me. He's trolling I, me the time. What? He said, oh, man, if only you he knew this name. That. Oh, man, you would go nuts. He hasn't told me. Yeah, well, he didn't tell me the name. Yeah, he, he told me about what it represents and the importance of it. And honestly, I'm about to piss myself with anticipation. Piss myself if I don't hear this. If I don't hear this in the next five seconds, I'm pissing myself. That's a guarantee. The zipper's coming off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's don't so say much. Ready. Don't, don't say five, <laughs> four, three, two. <laughs> you didn't say one. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Could you say it again? I, I I'm fine. <laughs> I muted myself. He Sorry, just I told us. It, it's amazing. Yeah, you missed it. Oh, I can't. Bo- wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should end it there. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a great name, Connor. Really excited yeah. for that. Sweet. Uh... So bye. I. Have an emergency, so I'll see you guys later, I guess. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. See you in the one shot. Bye. <laughs>